We are three weeks into the CHL season, and here's what we know. The Winnipeg Ice are doing what they're supposed to be doing, as are the Seattle Thunderbirds and the Kamloops Blazers, as well as the Quebec Ramparts. It's a little bit muddier in the OHL, uh, but with me today is Editor-in-Chief of the Hockey News, Ryan Kennedy. Ryan, welcome, and thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. Let's uh, let's dive right in. Uh, we might as well... the the third week of the Kia CHL top 10 rankings just dropped a little while ago. And for a third straight week, the Winnipeg ice are number one. Uh, I, you can't be surprised about that. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, you look at this Winnipeg roster and bit of a revenge tour from last year. Um, you know, obviously the Edmonton oil Kings were kind of the, the class of the, the league there, but you look at the weapons that the ice had and, and, still have today you know Matthew Savoy Connor Geeky you know Zach Benson is going to be somebody that we talk about for the draft this year uh you know Carson Lambos you know they have so many weapons and you know they have that great experience because they've kind of been through it before so getting off to that great start like you say not surprising how much more dangerous are the ice this year given that you know Savoy and um Geeky Benson, they're all a year older. Connor McLennan's back. How much Daniel Hauser's got another year of experience under his belt? What's the like? What's the most dangerous part about the ice? Well, I think it is that depth, and again, I think there's a lot of motivation there to prove that they can be the class of the WHL this season. And then you know, you think about all the NHL camp experience that a lot of those prominent players got in the sort of late summer, early fall. And I mean, the lessons you can learn, even if you're just there for a short amount of time, can really be valuable coming back to that team setting. So I think the ice are in a tremendous position where they can draw on all that experience and they can draw on those players who have been on a long playoff run, who have been around NHL players, and they can sort of filter that back to the younger players and really get that buy-in. Are there any areas on that roster that you, you look at it and you're like, oh, you know, if they added a piece here or if they just improved a little bit there that, you know, they would be even more of a favorite? Well, I mean, my personal bias is if, if you're going to win a championship, I think you need a big goaltender. Uh, so that would be one thing that I would look in, into. And again, you know, like Daniel Hauser, um, you know, obviously when it comes to the regular season, uh, I think you're, you're fine there, but I always get kind of worried, especially when you get into, you know, either a CHL final or when you get to the Memorial cup and you're facing those high end shooters and it's one game that could decide your entire season. Personally, I just feel more comfortable if you've got somebody that is, you know, in the 6-2 and up range. You know, the the one name that uh, jumps in my head, and this is obviously pure, purely speculation, but uh, would be Sebastian Cosa, who's in Grand Rapids right now. Uh, you know, he obviously his experience would be much welcomed there, but uh, I don't know if that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> um you know, number two this week, we've got, uh, you know, the surging Sherbrooke Phoenix. Uh, I don't know if we really expected them to be maybe this potent, 
this early on, you know, no Julian Antille, no Xavier Perron. Uh, it seems to not be a problem for them this year. Yeah, and they're getting some nice veteran scoring. You know, you, you look at Justin Gill and then obviously Joshua Waugh, um, uh, Montreal Canadiens draft pick. They're really leading the charge there. I mean, 21 points in 19 games for Justin Gill, pretty impressive. And, and while not that far behind 17 and seven, uh, you know, Ethan Gauthier is somebody that we're looking at for the draft. And then of course, you know, David Spacek, uh really had a breakthrough season last year for the Phoenix on the back end. He continues his strong play. Uh, and again, you know, you go down the lineup and, you know, they got guys like Tyson Hines and Cole Huckins. Um, again, players that have a lot of experience and, and both those guys are, are big boys. They're both six foot three, uh, about, you know, 190 pounds. So, you know, when you look at this team, the, a lot of good elements. And then, you know, in terms of, of goaltending, uh, I mean, they're really suppressing the opposition. You, know, you look at Jacob Robillard. 2.22 goals against average and, you know, the backup Samuel St. Hilaire, 1.73 goals against average uh, and a 917 save percentage for St. Hilaire. So, you know, you're getting uh, what you need there. And, you know, just talking about uh, bigger goaltenders, uh, six with two for St. Hilaire, uh, six with three for Robillard. So, I mean, those are the kind of guys that can really win you big games. Um, if you need them back there right now, the Phoenix, I mean, they're just playing well all over. Uh, so the goaltenders don't necessarily have to steal them games. But uh, I, I think you're seeing kind of a well-built team right now. Uh, Justin Gill's got to be, you know, the early candidate for surprise player of the year. Uh, you know, like you mentioned, he's he's got 21 points already. Uh, last year, he had 46 points over the entire season. So that's a, that's a nice bonus to have those guys there. And, you know, no surprise with Joshua Bawa and, and what, with what he's doing or Ethan Gauthier with, you know, we're expecting that. Uh, number three this week, we've got the Quebec Ramparts. I don't think anybody's shocked at where they are. Uh, you know, they were a good team last year and just a year older this year, more experience, a lot of depth there again, and more guys with uh, NHL uh, camp experience as well. Yeah, for sure. And then, you know, I think the other thing with the Quebec Remparts is, again, motivation. I know uh, last year a bit up and down. And then, of course, you know, you have Patrick Waugh uh, leading things. And, and he's a guy that's not going to settle for mediocrity. He's a, a fierce competitor. You know, we saw that during his Hall of Fame NHL career. And he has carried that over, uh, you know, to his, his post-playing days uh, as a, a bench boss slash executive. Um, again, a lot of experience up front, you know, Theo Rochette has, uh, been around for quite a while now, uh, Pierre-Olivier Waugh off to a great start. Uh, but I really like the balance and the depth that the Remparts have, uh, you know, you got Nathan Gauthier, you know, James Malatesta, um, you know, these are, these are competitors. These are guys that play with a bit of an edge too. And, you know, just again, looking up and down the lineup, this is a team that it, it feels like they're in gear right now. And, uh, you know, they're getting great goaltending from William Rousseau, uh, a, a player that, again, you know, has been on the radar for quite a while, um, you know, didn't turn out to be necessarily the, the NHL draft pick that maybe we thought he might have been at 16-17. But having said that, off to a fantastic start. And, you know, if the Remparts are going to go far, they're going to need that great net minding. And right now they're getting it. 
Evan Noss, another uh, hard-nosed guy on that team. Um, you know, they're just a tough team to play against, and no surprise, again, uh, where they are. Uh, number four this week, uh, once again, you know, no change in the top four this week, but the Seattle Thunderbirds and another team that we expect to be there, losing in the, losing in the final last year to the Edmonton Oil Kings. Um, but maybe we didn't expect them to be off to such a dominant start to the season. 7-0 uh, and so far. Uh, you know, ran over Everett last weekend. Um, what is it that you like about the Thunderbirds? Well, you know, I like that Lucas Giona, for one, is uh, red hot. Uh, he was WHL Player of the Week, uh, Calgary Flames pick. You know, this is somebody that I remember watching watching uh during the pandemic a little in the alberta junior a league and he looked pretty impressive he has that great size and obviously has a score touch to him uh, i think you know ski back um obviously huge you know, going to the chicago blackhawks in the top 10 of the draft you know that's somebody that i mean he's just a general back there on the blue line and that really activates different things you know reed schaefer uh, has been throwing his weight around another first rounder um you know 2022 draft it's up for for Edmonton and I, I think it's all about promise comes through is you know we we looked at guys like Korchinski and Schaefer last year in their draft years we were saying okay there's definitely something there and, and Korchinski obviously put up huge numbers I, I'm pretty sure he had an assist per game which is pretty wild to think of especially for a defenseman but you know we knew that they were <clears throat> they were good then but they were going to get even better and I think we're seeing that promise come through. And, and that's the big thing is these players are developing uh, at the, the pace we hope they would. And the Thunderbirds are obviously reaping the rewards. And right behind the Thunderbirds this week, up a couple of spots. Um, the Portland Winterhawks, uh, you know, new logo last year, new jerseys this year at New Jersey's and they haven't lost yet. So obviously that's working out for them right now. Um, seven and oh, they beat the Memorial Cup hosts in a shootout last weekend. Did you see this coming from Portland this year? I mean, not necessarily, you know, you look at that lineup and uh, obviously they have talent, but it's not a, a lineup that has necessarily a lot of blue chip players in it. Having said that, a lot of these guys are stepping up. And, you know, I look at Luca Cagnoni, the defenseman, eight points in his first seven games. Uh, you know, he's eligible for the draft, the NHL draft this season. He's putting himself on the map. This is not necessarily a player, I think, that a lot of people might have uh, pegged, uh, you know, as you know, sort of a high riser. Um, but he's, you know, he, he's getting his name out there. And, and it's kind of nice to see players develop at, at that pace and, and really put themselves on the map. And, you know, you look at James Steffen, uh, a player that I remember actually seeing in the OHL cup for little Caesars years ago, uh, teammates with Luke Hughes, the, the New Jersey devil prospect. Uh, but, you know, talking to scouts last year, they, they liked how much he had grown, uh, especially physically he gotten a lot stronger in the second half. Now we see him this season with another summer under his belt seven points in his first five games. So they're getting some nice contributions. And, um, you know, I, I think it, it's just a matter of uh, a team that's coming together. And, and like I say, they don't necessarily have a lot of big names, but 
Um, you know, they've got some solid older players, Robbie from Delorme leading them in scoring. Uh, you know, he's an O2 birthday. So it, it's, it's nice to see a team just kind of form. Uh, I'm not going to say unexpectedly, but uh, certainly playing better than, than maybe we anticipated. Yeah. When they, when they lose some of the talent that they lost to, uh, to graduation last year to this year, uh, you don't really expect them to take that extra step forward, but here they are, you know, other guys are stepping up and it, and it is nice to see. Uh, I'm going to quickly go off a little bit and, and just ask you, what do you think of those new Winterhawk jerseys? I know you're I a Jersey guy. Them. Oh, I love them so much. Um, you know, I, I liked the, the first change they made and then to go to more kind of Seattle Kraken accent colors. I was like, Ooh, that's, that's next level. So yeah, I'm, I'm loving it. All right. Uh, Next, we've got the Gatineau Olympique. Um, you know, last year, I when I was talking to a few of those guys at uh, the Top Prospects game, I mentioned to them that they kind of reminded me of those St. John Sea Dog teams of the early 2010s, 2011s. Um, you know, a lot of high-end talent, uh, but maybe they were just a year away still. They're a year older now. They seem to be loaded with drafted guys. They've made a couple of additions. What do you think of the Gatineau Olympic this year? Well, I mean, they're just so fun, right? And like you said, you know, starting off with Zach Dean as the leading scorer, but then I mean, that blue line, right? Like Isaac Beliveau, uh, you know, who they brought in, if I'm not mistaken, last year uh, early on to sort of help out those younger players, you know, Tristan Luneau, um, you know, and then, uh, you know, Samuel Savoy is a player that, or it's probably Savoy, um, but he was a very intriguing prospect just because he's so nasty to play against. And then, you know, Chicago ends up snapping him up. Um, you know, you look at just sort of the depth they have and it's just fun. Right. And I, I think that, you know, they were young last year and, and they were really sort of coming together uh, now we're seeing the team kind of mature together. And uh, again, a lot of fun names, you know, Hakan Hanelt is, uh, another player, uh, the Washington Capitals draft pick. Bring in Robert Orr, AKA Bobby Orr, uh, who Carolina snapped up. Uh, um, so, you know, if you're, if you're a prospect watcher, Gatno, obviously, uh, a very fun team. And down a couple spots this week, we've got the Memorial Cup hosts. They are the only team that lost a game in the top 10 this week, uh, even if it wasn't a shootout, uh, losing to Portland, like I said earlier. Um, Kamloops finally gets Logan Stankoven back, Fraser Minton's back. They look like they're ready to take off. For sure. And, you know, for them, it's a marathon, not a sprint, uh, you know, as Memorial Cup hosts you want to be clicking on all cylinders at the right time. And, you know, I mean, we've seen teams obviously lose early in the playoffs and, and still win as hosts. It just happened as a matter of fact uh, last year, but uh, you know, with Kamloops, I think, you know, they want to be healthy. Uh, so, you know, Fraser Minton, obviously he got hurt uh, while he was in Toronto. Um, you know, Logan Stan Coven, I was so impressed with him at the world juniors, you know, playing on that awesome line with Kent Johnson and, and Tyson Forrester for Canada, you know, Stan Coven uh, setting up the golden goal and, and just had a great tournament overall. I thought, um, you know, this is a player that 
you know, might have threatened for a spot with the Dallas Stars um, this year. But having said that, you know, I remember talking to uh, Rich Peverly, who works in, in Dallas's front office, and he was saying, you know, the chance to win is so crucial for development. It's, it's such a good thing to have, right. uh, whether it's a, you know, a Calder Cup in the AHL or a Memorial Cup, uh, you know, in junior. So for Stan Coven, uh, you know, the sort of silver lining of not making the stars is that he has the opportunity to lead his team to a Memorial Cup. And that would just be, you know, huge for his development. He's already showing himself to be, um, you know, a, a smaller center, but the type of smaller center that could get it done in the NHL because he plays the right way, you know, sort of in that grade and point mold. Um, and then, you know, you look at the rest of the lineup. Matthew Simonoff was a player that, you know, took some nice strides last year. Uh, you know, he's going to be important again. Caden Bankier, obviously leading them in scoring. And, you know, I have to think that as Memorial Cup hosts, you're probably going to see them add uh, before the deadline, uh, as you know, teams tend to to load up or at least bring in one or two guys that can help out uh, for that playoff run in that Memorial Cup. So, I mean, Kamloops is fun now, but I'm I'm kind of curious what they look like when all is said and done. They could be even more exciting. Yeah, I don't think Logan's going to complain about having the opportunity to play for Memorial Cup in his hometown with his hometown team. It's a uh, it's a pretty good story there. Um, up a spot also this week, the Mississauga Steelheads, uh, started off the, the year in the preseason rankings in the top 10, uh, fell out for a week. Owen Beck comes back after an impressive camp in Montreal and, you know, Mississauga is doing what we expected them to do. They're three and O last week. So, uh, what do you like about Mississauga? What do you see them doing this season? Well, I like that they're a hard team to play against. If you look at that lineup, you know, Ethan Del Mastro, the defenseman, Chicago Blackhawks pick, um, you know, it plays with a nice edge. And then Luca Del Bell Belouz, uh, the Columbus pick, you know, just a great two-way center, but he can be that shutdown guy for you. And then, you know, you look at Owen Beck and his speed and what he can do there, um, you know, this is a team that, that gives you a lot of different looks. And I thought, you know, last year uh, they played Kingston a lot with Shane Wright and, and they handled them fairly well, uh, given, you know, how hard it is to play against Shane Wright. And I, I give a lot of credit to Mississauga for doing so. Um, so the bit of a sneaky team where, you know, they, they've got obviously some, some solid draft picks, um, but just sort of all around the lineup. I think Mississauga can throw different things at you. And, you know, James Hardy, a player that's starting to heat up, uh, you know, the overager, uh, something to prove, you know, I mean, he wanted to be drafted in the NHL. It didn't happen, but, you know, he's been to some, some, some rookie camps and, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he pushes for a free agent contract at the end of the season. I know you're, you're doing a podcast of your own later today and you have a mailbag for that. So I want to, here's a question for your mailbag. Is there a better name in hockey right now to say than Luca Del Bell Belouz? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a fun one. I love it. LDBB. <laughs> um, at nine and 10 this week, we have a couple more perfect teams in the Ottawa 67s, which 
seem to be shocking everybody in the OHL right now, let alone the, the CHL and the Red Deer Rebels. Also, they are 7-0. and um, What is it about these two teams that, uh, you know, that's been impressive so far to, to kick off the year? Well, you know, starting with the Ottawa 67s, I mean, they're just filling the net. Um, you know, it's, it's high event games with the 67s. You know, Jack back 11 points in six games. Luca Pinelli, uh, who's up for the draft this year, 10 points in six games. And you just kind of go down the line. Everybody's kind of contributing. Uh, fun to see Henry Muse, um, you know, a high draft pick, just 16 years old. He's making contributions from the blue line already, three points in six games. So, you know, it, it's funny. It's like their goaltenders uh, don't have the best stats, but they're getting, you know, they're getting the job done. It's bench don't break in Ottawa. Uh, so you can't really complain there. And then, you know, you look at uh, the Red Deer Rebels, and this is a team that, you know, they always seem to be in the mix, um, obviously, well coached and a, a great market there so you know in the past couple of years I think they've been decent but um, you know this year really kind of stepping up to the plate and you know you like it, you look at uh, Jaden Grube uh, the big New York Rangers pick uh, that's somebody that has uh, been making big contributions to the team for years now really and, um, you know, that's the kind of player that you want to lean on because, again, you know, he has that experience. He's been to NHL rookie camps, you know, uh, nine points in his first five games. Uh, so that's pretty impressive. Um, you know, they have a pretty experienced team. You know, I look at guys like Christopher Seedoff that have been around for a while. Uh, very interesting that they got Matt Lindgren, um, you know, who obviously – Last year, um, you know, played for the Kamloops Blazers and was pretty solid, got drafted by the Buffalo Sabres. Um, now he comes in on their back end. So, yeah, an interesting team, and it'll be fun to see if they can continue that momentum. Now, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, uh, the team that started in our preseason rankings at the number four spot, which would be the OHL's Guelph Storm, um been a rough start for them they've only got one win so far they're a better team than what we've seen what's what's going on with Guelph obviously they had a a, a coaching change an unexpected coaching change but what did the Guelph Storm need to do other than stop uh the pucks from going in the net and and score more goals <laughs> to to get back into where we expect them to be this year yeah I, I think it really is cohesion and you know, you look at some of those results and, you know, I, I know they got battered by Saginaw really early on. I think they just, they got to settle down because, I mean, they, they do have the talent there, but if for some reason it's, it's just not clicking. And, you know, when you have a team that has Sasha Passageoff and Matthew Poitra and Michael Buchinger, um, you know, like the talent is there. And, you know, uh, Cam Allen on the back end, I mean, you know, if you, if you had the NHL draft today, he's probably the first defenseman off the board, um, you know, potentially even a top 10 pick. So it's not a matter of talent. I think it's a matter of, you know, it's a rough start. Things aren't going their way, but there's plenty of season left. So, you know, they just need to find their game because the talent is there. I'll quickly stick with the OHL. We talked about uh, the possibility of Logan Stan Coven earning a spot with Dallas. 
Uh, that went to his future teammate, Wyatt Johnston, from Windsor right now. Um, you know, Mason McTavish is obviously up, and Shane Wright is also up. Um, of those three, do they all stay? Does one of them stay? Does anybody come back? What do you What do you think for those three players and the possibility of returning to junior or sticking in the NHL? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I feel like, I mean, Mason McTavish, he's proved – all he needs to prove at the junior level and um, you know, the incredible world juniors he had in this summer, I think just put a stamp on it. Um, So I think he's pretty safe in Anaheim, especially the way that team is developing, you know, Shane Wright, um, you know, sort of been in and out of the lineup for Seattle. I think they're just kind of letting him, you know, sort of ease into the water. Um, But I kind of feel like he's the sort of player where because he's such a good two way guy, even if he is in a bottom six role in the NHL, he can be of use to Seattle and him and Matty Beneers are the future. Uh, Matty Beneers is really the present as well uh, down the middle for the Kraken because they they don't have a lot of depth at center. So I think they do need to continue to develop Shane Wright at the NHL level. Um, Wyatt Johnson's interesting because, you know, you could say, I was like, well, he's pretty young, but I mean, he's just so good, (laughs) you know? Um, And and this is a player I remember during his draft year, which was during the pandemic, scouts were kind of joking with me. They were like, don't put him too high because we want to take him. You know, we don't want other people knowing about this kid. And obviously Dallas uh, picked him up and he was, you know, great at the world under 18s that year. Uh, Obviously huge season with Windsor last year. I'm sure the Spitfires would love to have him back. but if he's contributing with Dallas, um, then, you know, the stars might say like, hey, we got a good thing going here. And I, I think in particular, that's that's an NHL team that's very interesting because they have the veterans, but then they have that young guard that's taking over, you know, led by Jason Robertson uh, and, uh, you know, a couple of other guys like that. So, I mean, Wyatt Johnson kind of fits into what they're doing. So that'll be an interesting one to watch for sure. I don't think Windsor Spitfires fans are going to like that answer. I know the the Bulldogs fans and and France fans they're they were expecting that, but I know yeah. the the Spitfires fans, you know, the Spitfires Windsor, they're, you know, they're a honorable mention again this week, and and they've they've only lost in uh, overtime a couple of times, so they haven't even lost in regulation yet, and they could sure use that uh, firepower back. Um, you know, we got to talk about Connor Bedard. He's doing Connor Bedard things. There is the the tweet over the weekend that kind of went viral over how many shots he's taken and the points that he's putting up. He's got, you know, after being shut out in his first game, um, nine goals and 20 points since. So, you know, two points a game. What do you see Connor Bedard doing the rest of the way here? He's got a little more talent around him now in in Regina, they seem to be looking to add even more around him, build around him to try to maximize uh, the, the final year of Connor Bedard in the CHL. What, is, what does Regina need to do? And what do you think Connor Bedard will do? Mm. I would definitely like to see Regina add because something we've seen a lot during his past career is Bedard essentially creating something by himself, uh, sometimes out of nothing, uh, because he is magic out there. But you know, he does a lot of heavy lifting. So I would love to see them get a little more depth so that teams have to honor one of the other lines on the team that they, they can't just focus on Bedard. Uh, not that it's really helped opponents so far. Uh, he's pretty unstoppable as is. 
But, you know, as the season goes on, um, you know, obviously it's a tough season. You know, there's going to be a physical toll. Uh, it would be good to allow him to have a little more space out there when he needs it. Um, again, it hasn't been a problem so far. I also, I love how physical and edgy Connor Bedard has been playing. And this goes back to the World Juniors in the summer um, where he was downright nasty at times. It was fun to see because he's not a big kid, uh, but he's carried that over to his season with Regina uh, on top of the incredible scoring prowess. So, I mean, keep doing what you're doing, Connor Bedard. Uh, and for the Pats, I mean, they know what they have there. It's just a matter of surrounding him with more talent to make sure that um, they can get the most out of, as you said, the, what's clearly going to be his final season in Regina uh, and maybe do some damage in the playoffs. How many of those other WHL teams that we mentioned earlier are, are calling John Paddock? Hey, what's it going to take to pry Connor? Yeah. How far is it from North Van to Kamloops? <laughs> um, you know, the, you mentioned the feistiness, and it kind of reminded me of Connor McDavid in his draft year. And I don't want to compare Bedard to McDavid because, you know, that's not, that's not fair. But I, I look back and I, in McDavid's draft year, he got off to such a hot start. He had, I think it was 42 points in his first 14 games. Uh, then he was shut out in one of his only two games of that year. A um, couple games later, he ended up getting in a fight and breaking his hand and then missed a bunch of time. Uh, you know, as much as you don't want to compare the two players, people are going to draw those comparisons. But the feistiness, is it just something about those players where they've just taken a, a bit more abuse for a couple more years and they're finally like you know what we enough's enough we've got to we've got to stick up for ourselves we got to show them that we're not going to back down I think it's an overall competitiveness uh that you see with these phenoms and I, I think you know McDavid learned that he can't be dropping the gloves <laughs> because his hands are uh, lethal in different ways and must be protected at all costs. Um, you know, with Bedard, uh, you know, he's throwing his weight around and I think that's fine. Um, but yeah, obviously you don't want to see him actually fighting. Uh, no. you, you can have other guys on the Pats do that for him. But I, I think, you know, I, I'm sure there are some frustrations at always being the guy that's targeted by the other team. But I also think that, even if it's subconsciously, you know, these guys were looking at the next level and saying, you know, I'm playing against my peers right now. Next year, I'm going to be going against the biggest, baddest players on the planet. I need to prepare myself for that, both mentally and physically. Um, so, it, like I said, it might even be subconscious. They might not even realize they're doing it, but I think there's a ramping up where they know that the next level is going to be a lot harder and that nothing's going to be given to them. There won't be much ice time or might, won't be much space out on the ice. Uh, so they got to learn to, to push through. Right. Well, uh, we might as well keep going with, with that WHL draft class because it's deep, it's dangerous. And they're a lot of fun to watch. You know, we got uh, Zach Benson, Braden Yeager, Nate Danielson, Riley Height, Andrew Crystal. Um, I'm sure Cohen Zemer. You know, the the list goes on and on of of high end prospects at it out of the WHL this year. Um, who are who are the couple guys that that you really enjoy watching? And 
And how many of these guys do you think could end up going in the first round this year? I mean, I think it's going to be a pretty good amount. I think it's going to be one of the better dub years we've seen uh, in quite a while. And obviously, you know, Connor Bedard going number one helps that. But, you know, uh, I'm very intrigued by Zach Benson. I mean, you know, he's not a big kid, but all he does is produce. Braden Yeager is somebody that I've been watching for years. I actually saw him at a skills camp in Toronto when I think he was 14 or 15. And he was even impressive back then. Uh, Riley Height was with him, actually. Um, Andrew Crystal that's a player where I'm very intrigued to see what his high end is because again not a not a big kid right now pretty skinny you know he does get pushed off pucks in battles but you can fix that you know you get in the weight room you hang out with Gary Roberts or another you know high-end nutrition guy and, and he'll get you the right food to put on the right kind of pounds what Andrew Crystal does have is some scintillating offensive moves and you know, the way that he can produce, uh, I know NHL teams are going to be very, very intrigued by him. So, you know, when I think about the first round, I mean, it's going to be at least half a dozen players, maybe even seven or eight. Um, you know, I, I think you toss Nate Danielson in there for sure. Um, Riley Heidel will be interesting. Uh, I think it depends on uh, just, you know, how well he produces uh, in Prince George. Um I, I would also say, you know, Scott Ratzlaff, the goaltender with the Seattle Thunderbirds, probably not a first rounder, but probably one of the first goaltenders we see get drafted. And obviously he had a great summer with Team Canada as well. Um, so, yeah, great year for the Dub. Let's, let's keep talking about uh, some younger guys. Um, you know, one, one's maybe not for this year's draft. Obviously, uh, Tanner Howe is a big name there. But let's go over to, uh, let's start in the OHL. And with a couple of guys that I know you enjoy watching, former Mississauga Senators teammates that went one, two in the draft, you know, they're rivals now in Erie and Saginaw with uh, Malcolm Spence and ex- the exceptional Michael Misa. Um, they played their first game against each other over the weekend. Spence got uh, the game tying goal and then the OT winner. So he's got uh, bragging rights right now, but what is it about those two guys that just, it, you know, kind of gets you fired up? Yeah. I mean, there's so much fun to watch. And uh, what I love is that because Malcolm Spence is a late birthday, uh, him and Misa are the same NHL draft class, even though Misa, as you mentioned, got the exceptional status to, to join the league a year early, but you know, Misa broke Connor McDavid's OHL cup scoring record um, at the U16 level last year. Uh, I was at that final game and we were all kind of just whispering in the press box, like, Oh, he's getting there. He's like, Oh, he could tie him. And then he actually did it um, for Mississauga. Uh, fantastic game. So obviously a highly skilled player, um, you know, has got great quickness. Uh, great hands and you know when I look at Malcolm Spence he's got the great shot he's a bigger body than Misa Um, great character kid too just you know a tremendous leader and you know I always go back to that OHL cup when Mississauga won obviously they're all out in the ice and then you know the families come out on the ice and the media and a bunch of just little kids just ran out all over the place uh, and Malcolm Spence was signing autographs for everyone. He was taking time with the kids. It's just those little things where, you know, it's like he couldn't leave the ice. There was, uh, there, was some, there was always somebody else to talk to or another fan to greet. And, you know, he doesn't have a lot of help in Erie, uh, but he's still producing and showing some good early results. Misa, I think, you know, Saginaw is a great spot for him because he's not alone. 
you have Josh Bloom, you have Matthias Sapovaliv, um, you know, you have Pavel Minchikov on the back to play with. And I think that's really going to help him as, you know, a 15-year-old uh, in his first OHL season where, you know, again, he's not the biggest body out there, but this is going to give him time to develop and, you know, hopefully turn into a very special player. Yeah, they're, they're definitely going to be fun to watch. Uh, their next game, uh, for everybody who should tune in on CHL TV to watch that, is November 18th. Uh, that one should be good as well. Um, let's head east and head to Victoriaville and talk about the goalie, Gabrielle Dagg, who has played three games so far, but he was the second overall pick in the Q draft. That's the highest goalie drafted since 2000 um, in the Q. And he's putting up some pretty gaudy numbers to kick off his year. Also a late birthday, so he's still only 15. Uh, what have you seen from, from Gabrielle Dagg so far uh, and, and the Victoriaville Tigre? Well, I love the frame, right? You know, six foot four and, uh, you know, obviously still pretty lanky, but that's fine. Uh, you know, goaltenders built differently. Um, you know, the composure to come in. And, you know, not only put up great numbers, but I'm pretty sure he had a shutout the other night as well. Um, you know, it's just tremendous. And, you know, I, I would say in general, Canada has, has struggled to produce really high-end goalies lately. And, you know, these things are cyclical and they can change. But, you know, even at the NHL level, you, you don't see a lot of elite Canadian keepers right now. So uh, for Daig and the Tigra, uh, I think this is a great first step and, you know, Victoriaville, obviously, you know, you, you got to sort of uh, keep tabs on and make sure that the, the load isn't too overwhelming and, uh, and that he gets the development time he needs uh, because if he does, I think he has all the tools to be very special. Yeah, it'll be, I'm, I'm sure he'll earn a spot at the under 17s this year. So it'll be interesting to see how he performs there. Um, one more name I want to touch on. He's only played one game in the WHL so far, but it was a doozy. That is Gavin McKenna, 14-year-old uh, Gavin McKenna, who doesn't turn 15 until December, the first pick in the 2022 WHL Bantam draft. Uh, pretty big guys at, for his age. I think believe he's 5'11 already. Um, four assists in his first and only game in the WHL, but they were all primary assists. What did you think about his debut? I mean, just smashing, right? I mean, this kid is so much fun to watch. There's a reason Medicine Hat took him when they did. And, um, you know, it's it's fun for me because, yeah, he's years off from the NHL draft, but you start tracking him now and seeing what the progress is. And, you know, he goes back to the prep ranks with uh, Southern Alberta or South Alberta uh, Hockey Academy. He's averaging three points a game. Uh, and you know, you don't want to hype these kids up too much, but like that's better than Connor Bedard did in his last season of prep. And we know what Connor Bedard has become. So Gavin McKenna, you know, obviously a tremendous future for him coming down from the Yukon. Uh, always fun when you get kids from different parts of the, the country. And yeah, I'm just super excited. And I'm sure Medicine Hat can't wait to get him full time next year. We've uh, at the CHL, we obviously we launched, we launched chl tv uh last year all for the first time through all three leagues um the year before that we had the whl and their bubble on it uh, how much nicer is it for somebody like yourself to be able to tune in and be able to flip through 
all 60 teams and and just go through that app the way it is now all in one spot on the chl app and and just be able to you know the quality is the same across the board now versus before where we were kind of scrambled a little bit yeah i mean consistency is huge right and uh for me my favorite thing to do is i actually watch games kind of the day after uh i don't mind that it's spoiled uh because when you know when i'm watching games i'm watching usually for particular players and so, you know, you want to get a sense of them, uh, but with so much hockey, you only have so much time. So I really enjoy the fact um, that I can, I can watch games afterwards. I can watch the replays and I can kind of skip around. And, um, you know, I, I know that I can find what I need uh, to get the information uh, to you know, write articles, talk to scouts, you know, get that background info. So when I'm doing draft rankings or when we're working on future watch at the hockey news, I've got that info. So yeah, for me, it's always like, I love the game of the week. Uh, I think it's really fun. And I love just kind of going into the, uh, the archives and going back to games and seeing what was up. Yeah. I think we were, we were excited last year when we launched it across the board. We're even more excited this year, combining the CHL TV app with the CHL app. So it's all in one spot now. So that makes it even better for us. Uh, before I let you go, I want to, what are you guys working on at the hockey news right now? Well, our goalie issue just came out. It's on newsstands now. And then the next issue, which will be very uh, intriguing for CHL fans, is Prospects Unlimited, uh, a magazine we've done for a few years now. I love it. Um, you know, the centerpiece is the top 100 players, 21 and under. So it's not just NHL players. It's not just drafted players. It's anybody. So you're going to see Connor Bedard. You're going to see Gavin McKenna. You're going to see Michael Misa and Malcolm Spence on that list, along with guys like Mason McTavish and Logan Sankoven. Um, maybe Gabriel Daigle even cracked the one top 100. I'm not sure yet. It's early. Um, but that's what, you know, for prospect fans, for CHL fans, um, that's a must-have issue. So I'm very excited. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. That is a must-have. I remember a couple of years ago flipping through it and seeing Quinton Byfield in there while he was still playing with the York Simcoe Express. Uh, great issue. Go. It's a it's a must-have for, for any prospect fan or even CHL fan. Uh, Ryan, appreciate you taking the time today. This was a lot of fun, and uh, I hope we can do it again soon. For sure. Thanks for having me.